starting uh, today, we're going to be able to offer Stephen Ministries. Um, and Stephen Ministries is a compassion Christian care ministry that helps people really walk through uh, the challenges that they face in their lives. And so as they, the, the Stephen Ministers come up, I'm going to kind of read off their names, Priscilla Bonwell, not in this particular order, because we'll, you'll, you'll see them afterwards as well, Dan Kramer, Linda Kramer, Jim Brett, Gary and Cheryl Boys, Stacia Taylor, Vicki Bussey, Julie Cox, Marcia Elder, Nicole Bradford, and Debbie Fitzpatrick. And each one of the people, and there's a couple that could not be here this morning, but each one of these people here this morning have, um, have dedicated... I mean, a lot of their time, about 20, about 20 weeks to go through a very intense class to become Stephen ministers. And like I said, Stephen ministers are people or Christian care ministry that invests in the lives of people who are going through some challenges. Your Stephen minister provides a safe place for you to process your decisions and really to share your emotions you know, there are times in our lives, in, and it's in everyone's life, okay, in everyone in the church. There are times in our lives that we go through the, some downs or some real struggles, and we need someone that we can talk to. We need someone that we can share with. And sometimes you don't want to share with a friend. Maybe it's been a, a lengthy struggle for you in some physical area or something, and, you know, you think, you know, I don't want to put any more pressure on my family or any more pressure on my friends. Or, and so your Stephen minister will be there with you to walk you through some of those difficult decisions, some of the emotional things that are going on in your life, some of the hurts, um, and also to share the joys. And so the people that are standing right here behind me have gone through, uh, like I said, an extensive 20-week program, training program, to be put in this position. And I want to show you a video of someone who's experienced Stephen Ministries. It's been almost exactly 10 years since my wife hurt herself on the job first time, which led to uh, a whole bunch of things. Kay's situation has gone from oops to uh-oh to oh my God to holy. And it's still there. I mean, she still can't walk from the original surgery. She's wheelchair bound, doesn't get out very much, is on dialysis now because her kidneys failed. And I've been the guy who's been there all that time. And I was just putting so much pressure on myself. And so finally, one of the guys, a good buddy, called me at home and he said, we are going to get you a Stephen minister. He knew all that story. And he said, we're going to get you a Stephen minister. And I said, well, it's time. It's time. My Stephen minister is just a little bit older than I. And sometimes when when we're together, I I have to say even to him, you know, we're just like two old farts sitting around drinking coffee on a Wednesday morning. It's just so easy to be with him. He's just so tuned in to what I'm doing that he knows the right questions. He never suggests anything. He's not there to, he's not there to tell me what to do. He's there to get me to talk to myself until I discover what is necessary and I can tell him anything 
He listens to anything. He listens to the good stuff. He listens to the bad stuff. And he's also very happy about the successes that I've had along the way. I can't wait to tell him about some things. So it's, it's been a lot of pressure. But my Stephen minister has just walked me through it, talked me through it, questioned me through it. And I'm surviving very nicely. I'm, I'm grateful to uh, Trinity for caring enough, the people that were caring enough, to literally put a Stephen minister in my back pocket because I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for that. So I, I give thanks every day. In fact, my, my connection with the church now is I, I don't go to worship to take. I go to give. I, I have gotten so much from the church, so much through the, my Stephen minister, that I go to give it all back or give us back as much of it as I possibly can every Sunday morning. This, this relationship with the Stephen minister is about you and God and, and getting you through the next period. I'm very proud to say I have a Stephen minister. If you're under anything like the pressure that I was under then, wouldn't you like to be where I am now? You can, you can get there if you take on a Stephen minister. But you can't have the one that I have. So what we want to do this morning is I'd like to commission these men and women who have sacrificed so much to become Stephen ministers. And I wanted to introduce you to them so you can see their faces and you'll know who they are. Um, because when you need a Stephen minister, you can call the church office, you can connect with us and we'll put you in contact with the, the right leadership. But we want to commission them this morning. So that's what we're that's what we're going to do. Um, and I, I said this the first service, and I, it really, um, really means something to me. But this congregation, we started in 2000, and I, I am one of the shepherds who protects. You know, a pastor's job is to feed the sheep spiritual food and protect the sheep from spiritual harm. And one of the ways you protect the sheep from spiritual harm is not allow them to be ministered to or engaged with, if you can help it, people who would um, maybe lead them in the wrong direction or harm them. So you have to understand the depth of what you've chosen to do and how important this is to me personally, to the staff of this church, to the elders of this church, that we are entrusting you with the care, uh, with the, you know, the emotional care in many ways of the people of this congregation. So I want to share with you uh, a charge um, if you will, and then I want to have a time where I can pray for you as well, and then we're going to give you a, a special gift and your certificate because anyone who goes to a 20-week course deserves a gift and a certificate. Okay, <laughs> friends, we're calling you this morning to accept the service for which you have been entrusted. So don't neglect the gifts that God has given you. He's given you all different gifts. And obviously that gift of caring is one of those gifts. And we should never neglect the gifts and the responsibility that God has called us to. We should present yourselves to God, approved workers, faithful to the Holy Spirit of God and faithful to the leading of the Spirit of God. Remember, remember always that um, that Jesus calls you friends and 
not just servants. He calls you friends. So make sure you spend time in prayer with Christ. Make sure you spend a lot of time in prayer with God. Because otherwise, when you speak, they're just words. But when you speak and you're led by the Holy Spirit, those are words that will have the greatest impact. Those are the words that will have the transformational power that people truly need. And and, and remember also um, that without him, without God, without Christ, um, we can do nothing. So, you know, keep in your hearts at all times that... As you as you invest in the lives of other people and you see that transformation, remember to give all the glory to God and thank him constantly for using you as a minister that he's working through you. He's using you because without him, we can do nothing. As a matter of fact, without him, we end up doing harm. So we and you especially, you especially, as we commission you, need to remember that, that you need to stay constantly in prayer and you need to remember that without him, we can do nothing. Um, And I, I pray that you would be led by the great commandment, which is found in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. It says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You know, you're going to be living out Philippians chapter 2, right? To consider others better than yourselves. That's really what you've signed up for, to invest in the lives of other people. And there's nothing more important and there's nothing more challenging. So I give you that charge And I also want to pray for you this morning. So bow your heads with me. Spirit of of the living God. The one that we worship, the one that we love so much. God, in every in every time period, in every age. You approve servants and you give them power. You allow them to use your your healing power. You 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 share with them um, deep and abiding truths and one of those truths lord is that we should love our neighbor as ourselves so we thank you for giving this group of men and women these servants that charge that they would use your strength your power your healing your love to invest in the lives of others we thank you for our our brothers and sisters in the faith who have committed themselves to truly think of others more important than themselves and to love those people with all of their hearts and all their souls and all their minds. We thank you for the evidence of your Holy Spirit that we've seen in these Stephen ministers, these servants of God. We commend our brothers and sisters to your to your heart, Lord God, to your constant love and your guidance. Fill them with grace, give them wisdom, give them discernment. And grant them the strength and the peace that is only found in your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. So as we close out, I'm going to read through uh, the names here. And if you would, when I read your name, just go right around here. Jen has the bags and the certificates that she will give to you. Um, And we just want to thank you so much for the sacrifice you've made and the service that you've offered to Grace Chapel. 
Priscilla Bonwell. Yeah, that's good. Dan Kramer. Linda Kramer. Gary Boys. Cheryl Boys. Stacia Taylor. Vicki Bussey. Julie Cox. Nicole Bradford. And Debbie Fitzpatrick. So one of the reasons we wanted to do that is because as time goes on here, um, I mean, who in this church, who in any church, who in the world um, at some point in their lives doesn't need someone to talk to um, and just sit down and share, you know, their experiences with. So this is a phenomenal ministry. I'm really, really excited about because as a as a pastor of a church, um, just yesterday, I'll give you an example. Just yesterday, I probably spent a few hours um, ministering to people who were either calling me on the phone and saying, hey, can you help me with something? Or, hey, can I can you pray with me about something? Or, hey, can you counsel me through something? And um, I, I love to do that. But in reality, we all know this. It's it's very difficult to for one person or three or four or five people to try to keep up with and truly minister to um, a congregation that is um, that is continuing to grow. So this is a wonderful, wonderful group of people that God has chosen to to help to help care for, if you will, the the body of Christ that we call Grace Chapel. So let me bow. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. God, thank you for this time that we can spend together in commissioning these Stephen ministers. Just pray, dear God, that you would use them in a very, very powerful way. And God, we pray that you would use every single one of us in a very powerful way. God, we're excited about this series. We're excited of the way that you have worked in our lives so far, the commitments that we've made so far. And I pray that this morning would be no exception, Lord God, that you would truly move in our hearts, move in our lives, transform us, Lord. Open up our hearts, open up our minds. And we want to, we want to, we want to invite your Holy Spirit, Lord God. We want to invite your Spirit into our lives that you would move in such a way that we become the people that you've created us to be. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. So today, like I said, I'm really enjoying this series. And um, and this morning we're in the second part of a six-week series called My Story, Living the Story That You Want to Tell. And we talked about it last week. We said that, you know, every single one of us has a story, right? It's not, it's not rocket science. We have a story. And there, you know, for many of us, there's, there's so much we want to tell. We love certain parts of our story. We love to tell our story. Regretfully, there are also parts of our story that we would like to forget, that we wish would never come back up again. We wish we could kind of lay them aside, put them away, and never, never have to talk about them. See, the reality is you can't change what's already written. That's the reality. But the exciting thing is, the dynamic thing is, that the decisions that we make today, okay, the decisions that we make and choose to make today 
will tell the story of tomorrow, our tomorrows. So the decisions that we choose to make today kind of write the story that we have tomorrow. And that's exciting. That's exciting for every single one of us to understand. Andy Stanley said this, direction, not intention, determines destination. Direction, not intention, determines destination. The way we, the way we are, our living will ultimately determine, the way we're living right now will ultimately determine the story that we tell. Not, not what we intend to do, not how we intend to live, but the way we're living right now, what we're actually doing. In our family, in a Greer family, we have what we call our spiritual journey. And Deb and I started this a long time ago, and it's nothing that, that we're the idea of a spiritual journey. You've heard that before. You're on a spiritual journey. For us, it was, it was very significant because if we take our pasts, uh, as families, we come both come from kind of broken families. Um, Deb was raised by her grandparents. Her mom died when she was three. Father was an abusive person, and so she didn't really um, have a, a strong relationship with him. And so when we when we got together and started dating, and we we uh, got engaged and we got married, we started talk, talking early on about this spiritual journey, about writing, making sure that we change in a sense what we experienced in the past for our families. And I am constantly thinking about talking to my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren when I have them. I'm always thinking and talking about what story am I going to tell them? I, I want to live in such a way. I want to live my life in such a way. I want to love God in such a way that they see it. I want to live every single day in such a way that they that they experience that. And when I tell my story, it's a story that I want to tell. It's something I'm proud to tell. When we sit around the, the dinner table or we're sitting outside at a barbecue, or whatever. And I love you. Those of you who know me know I love to tell stories. And so just the thought of sitting with my family, sitting with my friends, sitting with my congregation, whatever it may be, and telling a story that I'm proud to tell means so much to me. I always ask myself, will this decision have an effect on my story. If I make this decision, what story am I likely to tell? How will this affect me down the road? That's something I believe we should all be thinking about. We should all be thinking about that because the decisions that we make today determine the stories that we are going to tell tomorrow. We all know that this isn't something new. And so we have to be careful and we have to remember that it really is about him. It is his story. And we're getting the privilege to tell his story through our lives. I can't tell you how many times as a pastor I sit down with people who have so much regret. They have so much regret about their lives. And they say, man, I wish I could do it all over again. I wish I could start again. The decisions that we make today determine the stories that we are going to tell tomorrow. We cannot forget that. We cannot let that go. Direction, not intention, determines destination. We need to remember those things. We need to hold on to the things with all of our hearts because God has called every single one of us to tell a specific story. And it is only through his power working in our lives as we decide certain, as we make certain decisions in our lives 
It's only through God's power that we are going to live out all that he has for us. So many people are living their lives on their own terms. But that is not the story that God wants them to tell. That is honestly not a story worth telling. So the overriding question we're going to answer in this series is how, how, my friends, do we live a story worth telling? How do you and I live a story worth telling? And the key verse that we're going to use, we're going to continually use, comes from Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. And it says this, let us, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Fixing our eyes on Jesus Christ. Wouldn't it be amazing if we were able to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ? If the decisions that we made were based upon what he wanted us to do. What does God want us to want? Wouldn't it be amazing if we were able to fix our eyes on Jesus? Wouldn't it be amazing if we allowed Jesus Christ to truly be the author, right, of our story? The author and perfecter of our faith. The author and perfecter. You want to live a story? You want to live an amazing story? You want to live a dynamic story? Then you need to fix your eyes on the author and perfecter of your faith. We say that, but wouldn't it be amazing if we actually could do it? If we would allow Jesus Christ to write our story. If we were to fix our eyes on him and allow ourselves to be led by him. If you're led by Jesus Christ, you will tell the story that you would want to tell. If you allow yourself to be to be led by him, to be moved by him, to allow him to be the author of that story, you will live a story worth telling. And so in this series, in this series, we're going to go through and and make some of these important decisions. If you were with us last week, we decided to start. Right. We got together. We talked and we decided to start. We decided to start something. We decided to start one discipline. And so last week people came, last night people came, this morning people came, and they thought about this week and they started writing down, I decided to start. What did I decide to start? One discipline that you decided to start. And that one discipline can be layered on top. When you make a good decision, we said last week, it starts to layer other good decisions on other good decisions. And five years from now, you made a decision to discipline your life. I am not going to spend more than I make. That is my discipline. And in five years, I will be out of debt. I will. And and all these positive things will happen. It could change the course of your story. It could change the course of your life. If we allow Jesus to be the author and perfecter of our faith. So we decided last week to start this morning. We're going to decide to stop. We're going to decide to stop. We're going to look. And I said this last week, we're going to each week. We're going to take a different character in the Bible and their lives and how God transform their lives when they decided to start something or when they decided to stop something, when they decided to stay, when they decided to go, when they decided to focus, when they decided to tell. We're going to go through all of these and we're going to tell a story about each of these characters. We're going to tell part of their story. And this morning, I want to tell a story from Moses' life, one that I think you can all, many of you, most of you can relate to. You can relate to these stories that I'm, this story I'm going to tell you this morning. 
Especially if you're a person, for example, you're a single mom and you're, and you're under a lot of pressure. You're just, you feel like overwhelmed with all the pressure, all the decisions that you have to make and you're making them by yourself and you're trying to figure out how to make ends meet. You're trying to, how do I decide this instead of this? And we, we, we would love to do this, but if we do this, we can't do that. There's a lot of pressure there. You're going to relate to this story. The person who a few years back when your company's downsized, right? They downsized, they fired a bunch of people. They kept you, praise God, they kept you. And then they gave you the two people they downsized, the two people they downsized in your department they gave you their job so now you're doing the job of three people but they kept you so you got to keep your mouth shut and just keep working 90 hours a week or 80 hours a week because you're just thankful that you have that job and they just keep pressuring you to keep up the numbers and keep going it's a lot of stress it's a it's a lot of pressure it's a lot of difficulty maybe you're a full-time student you're a full-time student you're working 20 30 40 hours a week trying to pay for your, your tuition, trying to, trying to work at the same time going to school, even if it's part-time school and full-time work or full-time work and part-time school. There's a lot of pressure. Maybe you're, you're a mom or a dad. You just have a family, and there's so much going on in your life right now. You have family pressures. You have difficulties with the, with the kids. Maybe not. It doesn't have to be terrible difficulties. It doesn't have to be all wrong, terrible things that are happening. It's just overwhelming for you right now and the stress that's going on in your life. Well, if, if, you, if that's you, you'll be able to relate to Moses here. Moses felt the same way. He had these people, right? The, the Israelites, he was leading them out of Egypt, and they're, they're on their way. And all of a sudden, all these people start to bring Moses all of their problems. All of the things that are going on, all the conflicts between them, they start bringing them all to Moses. And Moses is feeling absolutely overwhelmed with what he had to handle. And so along comes Moses' father-in-law, Jethro. Now, as we know, most father-in-laws are extremely wise and should always be listened to, right? That's right. That's what I figure. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so Jethro, much like others that we know, was, he was a very wise man. And he came to Moses, his father-in-law, and he said, hey, Moses. All right. Here's what he says in, in Exodus chapter 18, verse 17. He says, Moses' father-in-law replied, what you're doing is not good. Imagine this. You're Moses, you lead all the people out, your father-in-law comes to you, you have all these people come with all these issues and all your problems, and Moses' father-in-law lovingly comes to him and says, what you're doing is not good. Now, was it a terribly sinful thing he was doing? Well, no. But what you're doing is not good, and he tries to explain to him why it's not good. Now, what if I told you today, what if I came to you today individually and I said to you, what you're doing is not good for your future story? What you're engaged in right now, you say, well, it's not wrong that I'm involved in these activities. No, I didn't say it was wrong. But what I'm saying is what you're doing right now is not good for your future story. Maybe you need to rethink some of the things that you're doing. Maybe you need to take a step back and reevaluate all the things that you're involved in. Maybe there are some great things that God wants you to do, but you're so busy doing all these good things, you can't get to the great things. So if I came to you and said, what you're doing is not good to your future story, how would you feel? Okay? Maybe, for example, you've got a, maybe you've got a habit. Or maybe you have um, uh, an activity, like I described. Or maybe, maybe it's a, uh, an addiction. Maybe it's an attitude. 
that you have. Um, maybe it's a thought process. Maybe it's just a thought process. You're engaged in a certain thought process, but there's something that you're doing right now that is not good for your future story. So think, I want you to be thinking all this through. This is a very practical, very practical series, okay? And this is extremely important to our spiritual walk with God. So what is it maybe that someone could come to you and say, what you're doing now is not good. Don't get defensive, just think it through. What could it be that someone would say to you, what you're doing now is not good for your future story? Verse verse, uh, 18, Jethro says, and these people who come to you, will only wear these people and you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You know, I love that ending. May God be with you. I'm going to give you some advice. Okay. And may God be with you. And then he says to Moses, I'm kind of paraphrasing here. He says to Moses, okay, Moses, here's the plan. Here's the, here's the plan I want, you to, I want you to focus on. I want you to choose some leaders, and I want you to train those leaders, okay? And then I want you to delegate some of the responsibility to those leaders. I want, you to, I want you to choose some leaders, I want you to train them, and I want them to help you with the disputes that are going on. Everyone's coming to you. You need some help, okay? Get them, pick them, train them, and allow them to help you with the disputes. I want you to choose, he said, some to oversee thousands, and then hundreds, and then fifties, and then tens. So once you get those people, I want you to delegate to those people who you've chosen and trained. As people come to you, I want you to delegate away most of the responsibility to other people. You stay focused on the most important and the most difficult tasks at hand. Other than that, I want you to give those things away. And if you do that, he says in Exodus 18:22, he goes on to say this, that will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this as God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. All right. So delegation, it's overwhelming you. It's not good. You need to stop it. And you need to give it away to some other people. And here's the good news. Moses listened to his father-in-law, which most son-in-laws should do all the time. They should listen to their father-in-laws. And he did everything. Moses did everything that is really intelligent, really wise father-in-law told him to do. Right? And, he, and he, so he stopped. Moses decided to stop doing what he was doing. Was he sinning terribly? Was he doing a miserable, horrible thing? Absolutely not. But he was smart enough to listen to his father-in-law, to listen to the wise advice of someone maybe a little older than him, and he decided to stop. And because he decided to stop, we are telling this story today about his life. We're telling this story about Moses. The story could be very different if he decided not to stop. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But he decided to stop. So here's what I want you to do today. Think of one thing. I want you to think of one thing that you're doing that is not good for your future life. Really think about it. Think about one thing that you're doing that is not good for your future life. And once you do that, and once you, once you do that, I want you then, I want you to think this through. I want you to make a commitment to God and ask him to help you to stop doing, okay, what is, what is, what is not helpful for your future story. 
So you make that, once you do that, I want you to make a commitment to God and I want you to ask God to help you to stop doing what is not healthy for your future story. But it's not helpful for your future story. So think about it, okay? Process, process that through in your mind. Now, as we go forward, I want to give you two reasons. I want to give you two specific reasons why you should stop doing something that is not good. Now, this could, and again, this is a large realm. I'm not going to sit here the whole morning and all these sinful things you're doing. They're not always sinful, okay? But they could be. So I want to give you two reasons why you should stop doing what is not good. What is not good for your life. Number one, you don't know what you're missing until you stop. You really don't know what you're missing until you stop. Listen, a lot of us need to really stop, get off the hamster wheel. And once we stop and get off the hamster wheel, we realize, we realize, wait a second, I'm not as overwhelmed as I was before. You stop, you get off the hamster wheel and you, you, you step back and you're like, wow, wait a second. I'm, I'm not overwhelmed anymore. Holy mackerel, I have a little margin, right? Who here? I mean, when's the last time in your life, don't raise your hand, but just think about it, where you say, oh, I have plenty of margin just to relax and enjoy and think of the book I'd like to write and the things I'd like to do. You know what I mean? All these cool meals I'd like to come up with my family. When's the last time you had some margin? So you get off the hamster wheel. You think, wow, I'm not as overwhelmed. I have some margin. And now that I have some margin, I can focus on, focus on the really important things in life, which are my relationships. I've been neglecting my relationships. I've been neglecting this, my relationship with God, my relationship with the people around me. I ha- I, and now I have some margin. It's amazing. It's so much better. Or when you decide to stop some of those negative patterns in your life, some of the things that you've been doing, you decide this morning that I'm going to stop. You realize now I have some peace. Now I have some contentment, right? Now, now, now I'm not as stressed all the time. I'm not as stressed all the time. Honestly, now I don't have to look over my shoulder and wonder who's going to catch me. How is this going to mess up my life? Now you don't have to think of those things anymore. You will elim- listen, you eliminate so much worry from your lives. The worrying of who's going to catch me doing this or, you know, should I really be doing that? And the guilt that you're feeling, you eliminate those things from your life when you stop certain patterns in your life. There is freedom. There is freedom, true freedom in that. Listen, you, some of you, some of us need to stop and let this season of our lives end. Okay, think about it. Right now, this morning, not next week, not after the service is over, whatever. Right now, we need to make a decision to stop. Okay, and let this season of our lives end here now. You make a decision. I decided to stop. Whatever it is, this season of your life is over. Are you going to be perfect? No, you're not. But this continual pattern that you're in, that's over. That's over through the power of Jesus Christ. That is over. And it needs to stop this morning. And you can do that this morning through the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in your life. And that's what some of us need to do. That's what some of you need to do. Number two, if you don't stop, it's going to cost you. All right? This is just the reality of life. 
If you do not stop, it will cost you. If you're doing something, if you have a pattern in your life that's not good and you don't stop, this will cost you. Your story in the future will not be a good one. It's going to cost you. I want you to think about Moses for a second. Think about Moses. And I want you to take the story that we were telling. Moses has all this pressure on him. He's overwhelmed. It's, it's, It's too much for him. And so I want you to play Moses' story forward, okay, except that he didn't stop. What would have happened if we play Moses' story forward, but Moses says to to Jethro, you're an old man, you're an idiot, I don't have to listen to you, I'm the king of the world, God chose me, he didn't chose you, get out of my face, where's my brother Aaron? You know what I'm saying? What if he chose not to listen? What if he chose to keep going down the path that he was on and the same pattern he was in? Well, what could happen? He could have a nervous breakdown. I have seen many people literally have nervous breakdowns, okay? Not a pretty sight unbelievable. Moses, if he kept going down the path he was on, he could have had a nervous breakdown. Maybe Moses, a story would have been told, Moses didn't listen to Jethro and then became angry with God. God, you put me in this position. You put me here. I told you, I told you I didn't want to be, and you put me here. And these are your stupid people. And I have to listen to them day and night over and over again. They never listen to anything. They don't listen to you. They don't listen to me. And he's angry at God and he goes off and pouts or whatever the story may be. But I guarantee it isn't the story we're reading right now. If he didn't stop that pattern in his life, roll the story forward. Okay, play it forward. Let's play this game with your own life. Okay, let's play this. Roll it forward in your own life. You keep living the way you're living. Your doctor tells you not to live this way. Your doctor is saying you need to do this and this and this. So let's just roll the story forward. You're going to continue the pattern of behavior that you have been for all these years. Let's roll the story forward. What could happen? Well, what could happen is you don't get to walk your daughter down the aisle. What could happen is you never get to see your grandkids. You keep getting wasted with your friends. You keep doing it. Just keep going out. Now, let's play the story forward. What could happen if you continue to do that? This is not rocket science, and every single one of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've experienced it not maybe in your own life, but in the lives of other people. So you go out, and you continue to get wasted, and you get a DUI. So now you get that on your record. So maybe you're in high school, and you go, and you, you do the same thing, and they catch you, they catch you, you know, getting wasted with your friends, and they kick you off the team. So, you, so you're, you're, you're going to get a scholarship, or you're just loving to play that sport, but you lose the ability to play that sport because now you've gotten kicked off the team. Or maybe you end up getting a DUI, and you think, well, you know, you keep partying with your friends because it's not going to happen again. You end up in jail. All, these are all, like... Things that I talk, hear about all the time, all the time. Or you not, say you don't end up in jail or you do end up in jail or whatever and you get out of jail and you continue. But maybe you take this addiction into your marriage. You get married. You kind of hide it a little bit. Don't make it a bigger problem as, as it really is when, when, you're, when, you're, when you're dating. And you get married. You take this into your marriage, this addiction, and you end up down the road destroying your entire family. Am I, I'm not even being, I'm not even exaggerating, am I? I mean, every single person could walk up here, grab a mic and tell one of those stories or multiple stories of happened in their lives or in the lives of other people. Play it forward in your life. You keep looking at porn. You keep going to those clubs. You haven't gotten caught yet. It hasn't cost you yet. Right now, I want you to play the story forward. Play it forward. The conversations, the situations, just keep playing that forward. Satan doesn't want you to play it forward. Just keep playing it forward in your mind and see where you end up. Keep overspending. You keep spending more than you make and play that story forward and see where you end up. 
whether it's an individual or a country, it doesn't matter. You keep playing that story forward where you keep spending more than you receive and just see what happens. You continue that same, think about this, you continue that same habit in your relationships, right? You're in a relationship and, and, uh, and you've been doing the same thing over and over again, whatever it is, and you keep doing that same thing and think through how it's going to end up. You keep allowing your emotions to dictate your actions and play that forward in that relationship and see what's going to happen. Keep doing the same thing without saying, without stopping, deciding to stop and moving that forward. And you can see, just play it forward in your mind. What is going to happen? So again, here's, here's the, the questions we've been asking over the last few weeks. What does God want you to want? What story does God want you to tell with his life, with your life? What story does God want you to tell? We have to think that through. And in light of those questions, okay, what does God want you to want? What story does God want you to tell? In light of those questions, what does God want you to stop in your life right now? What does God want you to stop? And I'm just talking about one thing. I want you to choose one thing that he wants you to stop. And I want you to think of it on two levels, okay? External and internal. For example... The external. Some of you are younger in your faith. And so for you, it may be that God, you need to stop using foul language. You need to stop getting wasted. You need to stop letting your anger just burst out and taken out on the people. You need to control your temper. Those are external things, right? So you may in your life say, you know what? One of the big things I need to stop right now is I'm not going to pick 10 because I'm struggling with this and struggling with that. But I'm going to pick, I'm going to stop allowing my anger to dictate my actions. Allowing my emotions to dictate my actions. I'm going to stop. And that's what you want to write down. That's external. Some of you have been Christians for a long time. You're down the spiritual road now. You and, extern- and, and, and externally, you've kind of worked a lot of those things out, right? You, don't, you're, you may curse once in a while when you get really upset or you may do something, you know, so, but they, haven't, they don't dominate your life anymore. So for you, it may be internal, right? For you, it may be something internal, like, for example, uh, a bad attitude. Maybe you have a critical spirit, right? Maybe, maybe you're worrying constantly. Maybe it's your controlling behavior. Maybe you have this controlling behavior and it's, man, it's, it's plagued you your whole life and you want to let that go. You want to stop doing that. Maybe it's, maybe it's negative self-talk, okay? That negative self-talk. It's something, that negative self-talk where, this one I've heard so many different times on so many different levels, it's unbelievable. And I think we all feel this way sometimes or in the back of our minds. You know, the the, the Bible's true. um, The word of God is true. The Holy Spirit speaking to you is true. It's all true, but it's true for you and not for me. That's that's that negative self-talk. It's true for you, but it's not true for me. Right. We've all I mean, I think you, every one of us who's been a Christian for more than five or eight years has heard either in our the, Satan speaking to our own minds and saying that or you've heard that from other people. Maybe that maybe it's for you. It's just a, it's a negative self-talk that you need to write down. You, I decided to stop. OK, that negative self-talk. I decided to take those thoughts captive to engage in a life group and get people around me who are going to support me. And when those words and those thoughts come up, they're going to help me walk through that. I'm I'm going to tell people, other people, what I'm thinking. So they can speak truth into my life. So they can read scripture to me that that is opposed to the thoughts that are in my mind, which are not true. I decided to stop. So again, I want you to think of one thing. What does God want you to stop this morning? 
What does God want you to stop? Maybe some of you need to stop hanging around with those people. You're hanging around with the wrong people, and they're basically leading you in a negative direction. Some of you need to stop dating that guy or that girl. Some of you need to stop overspending. Some of you need to get into a healthier habit with your life, your, just your, your physical life. Some of you need to start working on kind of anger management. Something, what is it that you need to stop? Some of you need to stop watching questionable movies, okay? It's been, you just, you know, you kind of creep a little closer and closer and closer, and now you're like, well, you know, it's not as bad as whatever. But you need to stop. You need to, you need to make that decision in your life. You're going to stop watching some questionable stuff. Some of you need to let go of the hurt. You need to do what Jesus Christ has done for you and forgive. You have to let go of the grudge. Stop. You need to stop holding a grudge. I decided to stop holding a grudge. You're mature enough now in your life where you can let go of that and stop holding on to that grudge and and stop allowing that person to control you. I say this all the time, but when you don't forgive someone, it's like it's like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Right. Enough. I decided to stop. What is it that you need to stop this morning? So that you can tell the story that God wants you to tell. Because here's the bottom line, guys. This is, talk about my story. We say my story. This is really his story. And we have the privilege to tell his story through our lives. We have the privilege of telling the story, God's story, through our lives. So I want you to bow your heads with me, okay? I want you to bow your heads here. As I close, I want to go back to Hebrews. Keep your heads bowed. Just think, but don't lose concentration, okay? In Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says that we, that we should allow Jesus to be the author and perfecter of our faith. But what I want to do is I want to go to the verse before that. And this is what the writer of Hebrews says. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Listen to this. Let us throw off everything that hinders. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we're going to come up here. I decided to start. I decided to stop. We're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, not only on earth, obviously in heaven. And I'm going to ask you to to pick one thing that hinders, one thing that could hinder your future story. And I want you to throw it off, throw off whatever hinders. I want you to stop. God wants you to stop. Let us throw off everything it says that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. If there's something entangling your story and your relationship with God and your future story, you need to stop it this morning. And he says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So we need to decide what is it that I need to stop that is affecting my future story. That is affecting my relationship with God, my relationships with others. In order to do that, in order to run the race that he's laid out for us, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. I'm telling you, my friends, by the power of Jesus Christ, by the power of Christ, you can stop anything that he calls you to stop. Whatever it is for you this morning, whatever you have laying on your heart, the Holy Spirit is putting some things on your heart and you're thinking, I can't stop this. You can't. But through the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you can. You can stop whatever he calls you to stop. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same spirit that can help you 
to let go, that can help you to throw off, that can help you to stop. Now, some of you may be thinking, because Satan's speaking into your mind, man, your story is so imperfect. My story so far has not been perfect. That's what's being put in your mind. Let me tell you something. Neither is mine. But guess what? Our story isn't over yet. Our story isn't over yet. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, can help us tell the story that he wants us to tell. If we just seek him, we will find him. He will carry us. He will help us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. So I want you to think of one thing that you need to stop. And after this service, you can stay here as long as you would like. Jen's going to play this song. We'll be finished with this part of our service. But there are, there are markers up here to my left and to my right. And I want you to write down what it is you decided to stop this morning. I want you to say to God, God, I decided to stop. I want you to make that commitment to God and write it down and ask for his help to help you do that. If last week you came and you didn't get a chance to write down, I decided to start because you thought it through all week. Then I want you to grab the marker and come over here and say, I just started to start this discipline in my life. And that will help me stop these other things. So write both. Take the time to do that. As Jen sings, we will end this part of our service. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to stay and to mark down what God has called you to stop.